Well, if you have your Bibles, turn to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. How many of you enjoyed Pastor Spiros being with us on Sunday? Amen. He was so excited to be here. I told him, I said, you're going to love Anchor Faith Church. Because they all do when they come because of you. They love Anchor Faith Church. God is so good, isn't he? But as we continue to demonstrate the love of God, not just one or two, but all of us together, I tell you, it's contagious. It's contagious. Amen? In Colossians chapter 1, we'll start in verse 13. Amen? But I want to say a couple of announcements as you're turning there. First thing, we need to say congrats to Seth and Audrey. Audrey, they had a little baby, Harper Lynn. Amen? She was um, 7 pounds and 19 ounces on the 23rd. Amen? And so we're excited that that she's in the world with us. And then also we want to give congrats to uh, Duncan and Jennifer Daly. Uh, they had a little baby uh, girl, as well, uh, boy, uh, Kristen Ashley, Ashley, Christian Ashley. Come on now. And that was on the 26th. Uh, he was 6 pounds, 14 ounces, 18 inches long. Oh, I'm sorry. Little Harper was only 7 pounds. She's 19 inches long, 19 ounces, because that would be a whole nother pound, right? How I many of you caught that? Thank you. Some of y'all did, right? Some of you are like, what's pastor talking about? Okay. I'm glad you're listening. Amen. And then I want to let you know that on today's date, um, Brianna Glisson was born. She just happens to be 24 tonight. tonight. So um, if it had been that she was born during, huh? Oh, yeah, right. But today... You were born as Brianna Glisson. Then you got married. You didn't get born as Brianna Fouché. Let's just clarify that. We didn't have an arranged marriage from the womb. We didn't know Todd existed at the time. All right. Are we clear? Are you okay now? Don't want you to be offended. All right. Because I was actually correct in what I was saying. I was incorrect about the 19 ounces, but I'm totally right about your last name 24 years ago. I was there in the room. Okay. Now that's settled. So, Brianna Glisson was born 24 years ago on this date. Two years ago, almost two now, she had a name change. Amen. So... Um, but I was, it, it just happened to be, it wasn't a leap year. But I had the thought, if this was a leap year, because I think Marcy had her at 10.54, I think it was, I would have said, we are going to hold on <laughs> to the 29th. I don't know if Pastor Marcy would have liked that, but I'd have been rooting for it. I'd have been praying for it to stay in the womb. She'd have been yelling, I'd have been praying. <laughs> She'd have been praying it out, I'd have been praying it in, Right. Good news is it wasn't the 29th. We didn't have to pray at all, but just come out. And she did. And here she is, 24 years later with a name change. Brianna Fouché! <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you red right now? Because I could take my belt off and spank you 24 times on your birthday. Huh? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I did do Pastor Marcus on his, on when he turned 18 with my belt. He deserved it, though. His mom was too kind. Isn't that right, Pastor Marcus? 
Yeah, absolutely. Okay. See, that's why he's like he is, because I spanked him on his 18th birthday. He's so awesome today. I mean, the word basically here, as, I, as he has, you know, finished a book and will be releasing it uh, here soon, and um, as I was finishing editing a book, every time the word basically was used in our writing, we go to Grammarly, they always say, don't use that word. So it was not basically abuse at all. In fact, it probably wasn't even abuse, um, but it was an increase of intensity the, 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 the higher the number it was, which means I didn't start, you know, um, full on at one. We increased as we got there. I think it looked something like this. No, I've, maybe I jumped. No. But the guy, it really wasn't my fault because the guys were holding you. If, if they weren't holding you, you would have ran. That would have happened. Amen. It's pretty exciting when you know someone. How old are you today? 34, right? So you understand, we are almost, the time I spanked him at 18, double that. You're like, Pastor Mark is so young, how could y'all know him for 18 years almost? It's because I've been around for a while. That's why. All right. Colossians chapter 1, amen? Are you with me? Also, I want to let you know there is a typo. Uh, I, will, um, I will basically abuse the media staff tomorrow then because the Kingdom First Business Alliance is not tomorrow on the 1st. It is not tomorrow on the 1st. It is tomorrow on the 1st, which is a Thursday. It is the first Tuesday, which happens to be the 6th of March, okay? So... On the 6th of March, we'll have our Kingdom First Business Alliance. You do not want to miss it. We are dissecting it. And man, it's going to be amazing. Is it not going to be amazing, Reverend Randy? It's going to be amazing. So you want to be there. You know, if you weren't there last month, you came the first month, but for some reason you didn't come the second, you need to get there. And if you haven't been there at all, you're really missing out um, because it's good stuff. Okay, Colossians chapter 1. Starting in verse 13, um, it says this, For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. What did he do? He rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. He rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. He rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. Can I say it one more time? He, God the Father, rescued us from the domain of darkness where the devil existed and transferred us to the kingdom of Jesus. Amen. Now, when does this take place? When does this take place? Well, if we read the next verse, it goes on and tells us that, um, <clears throat> that in whom uh, we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Well, when do you come out of the domain of darkness into the kingdom? Is it when we die and get out of these suits? No. So when does it take place? At your confession of faith that Jesus Christ is Lord. So 
when that spiritual time takes place where the old man passes away and behold, all things become new, you are transferred. I said you transferred. Now, I want to break these words down a little bit because we're going to talk about victory tonight. I'm going to stay focused on victory tonight. Because you got to understand, there's a lot of things going, there's a lot of loss in the world. That people are losing things. People are losing their literal physical lives. There's this prevailing thought of loss, loss, or being lost. In fact, we were called lost at one time until we found Christ, right? That, you know, we needed to be found by Jesus. But I want you to know, lost now, never. We need to get lost or being lost out of our minds. Because when it comes to Jesus, there is no loss. And neither is he lost. There is nowhere that Jesus like, I don't know where I'm at. I'm at a loss for words. I don't know what to do. Come on. I lost my keys. He, he knows. I said he knows. He knows. He's never in the L category. Right? Loser. That's not God. He's not in that category ever. He's always in the win category. Win. He's a what? Winner. Go ahead. Put your hands up like he's a what? Winner. Everybody likes to win. Seriously, no one loves losing. And again, I understand. Listen, you can. Obviously, there's character built in conflict. I recognize that. But you understand, Jesus never lost. Ever. When he laid his life down, it wasn't losing. It was victory. <sighs> Amen. Amen. We're going to look at some words here because it's going to give us a whole other perspective of what it means to walk in victory. Okay? So let's break down a few words. I'm going to break down some words and some verses tonight just so that we can get a little deeper meaning here. So it says, for he rescued. The word rescue means to draw oneself to. He rescued. He drew us to himself. I said he drew himself, drew us to himself. That's what it means to rescue. Well, God rescue me. Well, be rescued. No, he drew you to himself. He didn't bring you to put you over here away from him. He brought you to himself. He said, come right here. Get right here. In fact, it's so right here that we got in him. I mean, he brought him to himself that he, he allowed, he brought us to him that we got clothed in him. He brought us to himself that when the father looks down and sees us, they see him. Are you with me? It also means to deliver, to deliver, not to, you know what? Just hang in. You understand rescuing, hang on. See, a lot of times, because again, we don't understand when the transfer takes place. We associate we say it's being born again, but we truly believe it isn't really until we go to heaven. If we don't watch out. If we don't watch out. Because the reality is he rescued us, he drew us to himself, and he delivered us. A lot of times we, we think God's throwing out a life preserver, and he's like, hold on to this. We'll get you in. And through your whole life, he's basically dragging you through the seas of life. 
and he's pulling you through, and as long as you hold on to that life raft, then eventually you're going to come out of the earth, get up to heaven, and you're going to be delivered. No, when you were rescued, you were delivered. I said, you were delivered. Let me tell you how God is. He don't have to throw a life server. You know, he can walk on water. He just go on, get out there, grab you by the hand, draw you to himself, carry you himself all the way back to the place and say, you're delivered. In one moment, not a process of time. I'm telling you, God brought you to himself and delivered you. Your spirit, man, is a whole new species of being. This spirit that's on the inside of you, this new creature in Christ that you are, if you've confessed Christ as your Lord and Savior, is victory, victory, victory. It is the champion of the greatest kind. It is the champion of the world. And has never lost. Ever. The next word we'll look at is the word transfer. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us. Transfer means to remove from one place to another. To remove from one place to another. Do you understand he transferred you where? From the domain of darkness to another place. That is not a process to get to heaven. It is immediate. You left that domain and you came to the kingdom of God. You left the authority of darkness and came over to the authority of light. Amen. You're transferred. One translation says it this way. The New Living Translation says, For he rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his dear son. The Weiss Translation says it this way. Who delivered us out of the tyrannical rule of the darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the son of his love. The tyrannical rule. You were transferred. You're out of there. Say, I'm out of there. You're out of there. You're not there anymore. He has positioned you different. In fact, this word transfer means this. It means change of situation or place. It's a change of situation or place. If you understand where you're positioned right now in Christ, you'll understand you are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You are a perpetual victor. I'm going to get to you. I already hear it. I hear it by the Spirit. But, Pastor Earl, there's problems, and I am coming to you. We are coming. Just stay with me on victory. Go ahead. Just say, I, I'm full of victory. Look to your neighbor and say, I'm full of victory. Go ahead. Look to your neighbor and say, I can't be defeated. Go ahead. Look to your neighbor and say, I can't lose. Amen. We've got to get this mentality. Now, this is not arrogance. This is what God said about you. Because we're going to see he rescued you from a place and put you in another place. He delivered you. He drew you to himself. And now you're in the kingdom of his beloved son. And now that you're there, what does that mean? What does that mean for you? We'll turn to 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. Because when you call on the name of the Lord to be saved, you are considered a child of God. Correct? Now... John tells us, 1 John tells us, the one who practices sin is, he's of the devil. What is sin? Sin is disobeying the word of God. That's what it is, okay? It's just simply disobeying the word of God. It's simply disobeying the word of the king. And so those who practice not doing God's word, but doing their own word, doing somebody else's word, doing something that pleases them, they are, uh, they, they are um, they're of the devil, and it says, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. The son of God appeared for this purpose to what? Destroy. 
destroy the works of the devil. This is why he has the power to rescue. So we see here that the devil has this kind of tyrannical rule and Jesus said, I'm going to rescue you out of that and put you back in my kingdom. And notice when Jesus came, he came to destroy. Now, what does destroy mean? Destroy means to loose one bound. <laughs> because again, if we don't understand, listen, he came to destroy now, I, this is the kind of football guy I am or sports guy I am. I just assume my team destroy the other team. I mean, like, run it up. I mean, people, that's a boring game. It's so one-sided. If it's my team, I'm jacked. Because, I, I mean, I want embarrassment to happen. I want them to say, did we even practice this week? I mean, I'm wanting them at halftime thinking, I wish the game was over. And we run it up even more. Right? Because, you know, when you understand what victory is, you don't want it to be close. See, that's your flesh talking, man. That was a good game. It was so close. Is that how you, is that how you want it? This is why your faith's like it is. This is why you, you barely get through. And it's this last minute stuff in you because you like it close. It ain't even close with Jesus. I said it ain't even close with Jesus. It's not even close. If we recognize this champion that's on the inside, when things start happening in life, and we're going to get to you. We're going to get to you that have these problems because we all have face problems. We're going to be able to see there's a whole nother position we can take because we recognize we're a champion. I said we're a champion. Okay? So Jesus came to destroy. That means he came to loose one bound. Anything that has bound you, guess what he did? He broke it off. You don't come dragging your chains into the kingdom. It's not like, hey, come over here. Okay, bringing your chains all up in there. And you're like, hey, here I am. No, he broke that off. So what happens if you want to bring it to the kingdom, then he breaks it off and you pick it up and carry it in with you. That's what you want to do. When the Lord says, leave it out there. Amen. We're going to find that with the renewing of the mind, he's really already broken everything that's a stronghold anyway. It's just so hard for me, Pat. You know what? If you knew you were a victor, you wouldn't have this problem. If you understand, this ain't going to be hard. Why? Because I'm a victor. Because I have victory. Because he made me to triumph. He's the one who gave me the victory. He's the one who's placed me in this position of victory. How can this even be around in my head anymore? How can I struggle with this anymore? This is loose from me. He destroyed this work. He destroyed it. You know what else it means? It means to loose anything fastened. To loose it. To loose it. Amen. It don't have to stay with you. It's been loosened. Are you with me? It means to draw away with or to do away with. Look, he's done away with it. Well, you know, I just can't help. This is why the, 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 the bad doctrine when people say, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. You don't even know who you are because you were a sinner. Again, you were in a place, but you came to a new place. You were somewhere. You came out of somewhere. There was something that bound you, but Jesus loosed that. So you're no longer bound to sin. You're free from it. So how can you be a sinner if the spirit in you is incapable of sinning because it's in Christ? 
you're, it's, it's been done away with. What you did to accept the victory and stay with the attitude, I got this whipped. I said, I got this whipped. I got this whipped. Amen. It also means to overthrow. I like that. To overthrow. Jesus didn't come and say, hey, let's compromise. You take these nations, I'll take these. You take this group of people, I'll take these. You know? And then, well, you know, listen, let me have them on Sunday and Wednesday, and you can have them Monday and Thursday and Tuesday and Friday and Saturday. You think that's what's going on. Like they're, you know, having a conversation with one another. No, he overthrew. He pulled him out of power. He overthrew it. Done away with the work. It means to declare unlawful. Oh, I like that definition. You know, he said he came to destroy the worst. That means when the devil tries to say, you have to, you can say, that's unlawful for me. That's been destroyed off my life. I've been redeemed from the law of sin and death. So it's unlawful for me to do sin and death. What's lawful for me is the spirit and life. Hallelujah. Come on now. So he destroyed the works of the devil. So if he's done that work, which means now he's able to go in and rescue you out of a place and bring you to another place, transfer you there, then guess what, child of God? 1 John 4, 4 says, you are from God. Say, I'm from God. Come on, do you believe this? The problem is you're still identifying yourself with your natural parent. Quit doing that. Identify yourself with your heavenly parent. Amen. I identify nothing in my life with my natural parents. So when I go to the doctor, which I went not too long ago, I went in to do a physical. I'm 47 now. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to go find out how healthy I am. Now, that's not arrogance. I've been studying the word. I've been applying the word to my life. And I heed. So I go to Publix. It's a while this started. I went to Publix, you know, and I put my little thing in. And, and I never really concerned about blood pressure anyway. I was always trying to see how low could I get my pulse down. So I'm like, I close my eyes. Because it's got to be less than a beat per second. And I usually always get it around 50-something. Now, your blood pressure would be off the chart for that matter. I never looked at those numbers, right? Which they never were. Until one day, I went in, and it was. It was high, and I thought, that's a lie. My first response was, that's a lie. Because I'm a victor. I cannot have high blood pressure. Period. So then I had, you know, Ernie hooked me up in my office, you know, and he pumped me up there. You know, him and Evelyn came in, and they pumped me up in my office, and my top number was good, but my bottom number was, was high. It was like... Borderline, it was 98, I think it was. And he goes, yeah, but you just came back from India. I said, yeah. He said, you know, probably, you know, jet lag a little bit. And then, you know, how'd you do? I said, I don't drink water around there a whole lot, you know, because you're traveling. And when you go in other countries, it ain't like you say, hey, just stop at a quick trip real quick so I can use the bathroom. I mean, in India, it's like traffic jam, right? I mean, it's like we could be here for hours. And there's no, I'm not swigging back a bunch of water and stuck in a van going... Right? I mean, I'm going to have to do like the, the nation and just step outside, bro. I mean, I'm telling you, I refuse. So I don't drink a whole lot of water when I'm in that country. I only drink when I'm somewhere that I know I can get there. Okay? Because there's nothing worse, in my personal opinion, than having to hold your bathroom. 
Okay. Anyway, so he said, okay. So I said, come back in 30 days. 30 days, came back, pumped it up. That number was still the same. And so Ernie, by unction of the Holy Ghost, many said, I thought, yeah. He said, caffeine. Well, you know, I love coffee, but it isn't the coffee by itself that was the problem. It's what I don't do when I was drinking coffee, and that is hydrate myself. Back in 19, or back in the year 2001, when did the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win the Super Bowl? Was that 01? 01, maybe 02. I was in Oklahoma. That's all I know. And so Tampa Bay was playing Oakland. And so we had this big party down at the youth facility to watch the Super Bowl. Okay? The whole church came out. Well, you know, I drank two pots of coffee by myself during the game. It was awesome. <sighs> okay? And straight black. I mean, it just got stronger and stronger as he got to the end. And we put another pot and the same thing. The next day, had a great turnout. Man, it was awesome. The next day, I was like, ugh. And here I am, a faith guy. <laughs> Believe God for healing. I can't get out of bed. There's this Mack truck that found itself during the night on my head. I'm like, what is going on? I was all stiff and stoved up. I mean, I was bad off. I had to call in sick. I had all, It had to be 2001 because I had just gotten there in 2000. So it was like right at the beginning. Not three, bro. There's no way. Google's wrong, bro. Anyway, Google's not the gospel. All right. So I'm like jacked up. And I call and say, I'm feeling like, I mean, I'm feeling bad. I'm like, dude, man, I don't want Pastor David to think, you know, who did I hire? Because I was his first outside hire. Okay, and I'm thinking, dude. So I'm praying. I'm like, Lord, I'm the healer of the Lord. And I'm confessing my scripture. I'm like, Lord, what, is, what happened? What's wrong? And the Lord says, you're dehydrated. All you did was drink coffee all night long and never put any water. Man, I started drinking water, and I was great the rest of the day. That's all it was. So I knew that my life has been, for probably the last, you know, I don't know, 10 years now, <laughs> I have lived a dehydrated life. In fact, most of you probably do as well, to be honest with you. Because you don't want to drink as much water as required because you have to go to the bathroom and you don't want to have to take the time. But the reality is you really need to. So with that being said, I knew when he said that, I thought, that's my problem. So I decided that day, one cup. I'll drink one cup in the morning. I'm done. And I've done that. I've only done a couple days where I've done a, another half. And typically, the only reason I did that is because I didn't finish the cup I had. It got cold, so I put a little bit on top, done the other half, and threw the rest away. Anyway, and then I started drinking water. Well, I went to the doctor. Do the whole thing, you understand? Do the blood work, do it all. Did the blood pressure. Mine was better than Pastor Marcy's. I was awesome. I mean, I recovered. It was great. Came back, all my blood work says, You're all, everything's fine, no problem at all. You're completely healthy. Amen? It's because I live a godly life. But when I heard, now listen, my mom had blood, high blood pressure. She's off though, not on anymore. But you understand these conversations want to try to come down. Because when you go to the doctor, what do they say? Does your family have any history? No, no, no. Now, if you want to know my heavenly family, I'm going to have to tell you, we ain't had Jack. Jesus is not sick. The father's not sick. The Holy Ghost never got sick. I'm from that bloodline. So we good, right? On a natural side, there were other things, you understand? But my thing is, test me for what was on them because I know the life they lived. 
I know what was on. I know how they lived. And because of that, these things come. So, you know what? I have no problem. Well, it's in your DNA. You're no susceptible. Guess what? I got another DNA that will trump this DNA because victory. I said victory is mine. So you are from God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he who is in you than he who's in the world. Now, notice we've been transferred out of the guy who's caused all these problems. And the one who caused the problems, the works he has, has been destroyed. And then God reminds us, listen, you are his. And you overcome. Why? Because there's something greater in you than anything in the planet. Are you with me? We've got to understand that. My gosh, you ought to walk out with great tenacity. You ought to walk out with a little spiritual swagger and say, man, bro, we're going to blow this up right here. Because victory's in me. You know, Jesus did. People have this, this crazy idea of humility like, Jesus, you know, well, you know, we don't. Jesus was like, take me to the cross. Jesus said, Father, is there any other way? He said, this is it. He said, okay, take me to the cross. And when Peter starts cutting off ears, he says, son, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. Let me heal you. Now, take me to the cross. They beat on him. They pull his beard out. They, they scourge him, rip the flesh out of his back. When they're persecuting him, he's saying nothing. Take me to the cross. Why? Because he knows victory's there. Victory's there. I mean, think about it. This guy's been beaten. He's had his back stripped. He's having to carry his own cross, and he's dragging it with victory in mind. It says that Jesus, for, in Hebrews, for the joy set before him, endured the cross. He wasn't crying, I don't want to go, Daddy. I don't want to go. Are we going to make it? Are we going to make it? Are we going to make it? Oh, my gosh. Are we, we going to make it? It said, for the joy. He had every step. Even though his physical body was stranded, he knew that's a step of victory. I'm getting closer. Yet it's hers, but this is only temporary because I'm going to the cross. I'm going to the cross. I'm going to redeem humanity. I'm going to pour out my blood. I'm going to win the whole world. I'm going to win the whole world. He wasn't going down all like he's beat down. Victory was in his heart. Power was in him. My gosh, man, we have the same spirit in us. Jesus said, listen, if you don't take up your cross and follow me, you have no part of me. And when your cross shows up, you go whining. When he said, ah, victory, take me to my cross. Take me to my cross. Take me to my assignment. Take me to what you've called me to do. Because if I'm in the place you've called me, then I'm living a victorious life. And who can come against me? If God be for you, who can be against you? My gosh, get some spiritual swagger in your faith. And know that the greater one's on the inside of you. Wow. This word overcome means to win the case. To win the case. It means this. It means to carry off the victory. You, to carry it off. 
We are the champions of the world. We are. My gosh, man, we are. Because Jesus is the champion of the world. We win the case, which tells us this. We're going to get in specific cases, meaning the enemy's going to come against us with information. But we have to let him know that's unlawful. I declare that unlawful. That's not me anymore. And then you make your petition before the Lord. You take your case before the Lord, Isaiah said. And you say, let me tell you my case. My case is I'm in you. The reason why I'm here right now and this is happening to me because the words you put in me, because the word that you got inside me. And since your words in me, what can they do to me? What can they do to me? Amen. And you'll win the case. First John chapter five, verse four says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Same word, win the case, carry off the victory. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. What? Our faith. That means we have to believe that what God said about us is more real than what we think about ourselves. The problem is we live loser lifestyles. We failed, had failures, constantly failed, constantly in failure. But the reality is now, how can we fail? You can only fail if you abandon your faith. But if you'll stay with your faith, you'll have the victory. And I love this word victory. Because by definition, in the Greek, when you look it up in its original context, the word victory literally means victory. Victory. Come on, don't I just sound good? Victory. 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 Man, I'm not a loser. I'm not at loss. I'm not lost. I have victory. I win. I win. I win. I win. I win. Why do I win? Because he won. He won. He won. He won. He won. I win. He won. I win. He won. I win. He won. I win. This is how this works out every time. And right now, some of you are struggling so bad with winning. You can't hardly smile in service right now. That lets me know you've been attached to the wrong thinking. <sighs> this word, 1 John 5, 4 in the Darby, it says this, and all who have been begotten of God gets the victory over the world. Gets it. Notice that doesn't mean, Lord, you have the victory. Give me the victory. Give me the victory. He says, I have gotten the victory. Now you go get it. That means you go get it. What? Do you know who I am? Do you know the word in me? You know the purpose, the assignment? And you step out on this field? Oh, man. Okay. Let's go. And then you go. And then you hit. And then you go. And you go. And eventually, the victory. I said the victory. The victory. When it's all standing, you'll be right there getting the gold medal saying, I am number one. My purpose prevailed. My plan, God's plan for my life prevailed. Nothing could stop it. Nothing could stop it. Did God get, did God not get his people into the promised land? 
Did Pharaoh really have enough power to stop God from delivering them out of slavery? <laughs> you go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. God said, let his people go. I don't even know your God. Get out my face. Now you think, oh, he lost. Okay. You think you've won. You think you've won, but you don't understand you just lost. That is actually setting you back. That is putting you in a position that's going to bring, God's going to bring his full back out here in a second. He fixing a, he, my first response was with third string. Listen, God, God brings the best last. He loads, I mean, he puts everybody in, we're working this thing, eventually, okay, I'm going to bring the guns. We're going to lower, I'm coming with diplomacy. Jesus came with diplomacy. I mean, God did. This is what you do, release them. They didn't want to do it, so fine. Fine. Let me show you what I can do, just to try to convince you, it's my diplomacy. Okay, you don't want to, you don't want to, okay, fine. And then he started bringing it. Bam, 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 bam. Why? Because he'll get the victory. Then he gets them out. You think, man, he's won. But then he can't. 40 years, they're dragging around out in the winter saying, well, Jesus, the Lord couldn't do it. No, he's going to win. If you don't want to go with him, if you can't go to victory, he'll let you lie dead and lost. If you want to wander around and lost, you can. But he'll get a team into victory. <sighs> It's amazing how many people are going to sit right here and go, man, it's just, you want to wander in loss. You want to wander there. No, you got to say, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I mean, my gosh, some of you, you're working more than one job. You're finding yourself not even able to be able to come to church at times. And you know something on the inside says you should, but yet you're not going to go to your boss and say, listen, we need to work these things out. Well, you're going to lose your job. Well, bro, do you know, do you, What? And you understand, you think God's going to go, oh, man, that was a bad idea. You probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> you out of job now. I'm telling you, if you go with the Lord. <sighs> I, I said this before. Some of you, your promotion's in the next job. But you're afraid to step out in faith. You're afraid to go get the victory because the fear of you won't have, you're not going to 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 have, you can't work, it'll never work, you're never going to, you won't ever be able to be back in church like that. You'll never be able to fellowship with God like that. You've got all these burdens, all these things, all these problems, and all of a sudden you don't even know how to find victory anymore. Yet victory's laying right here on the inside, dormant inside you. You've got to go get this thing says, again, for all who have been begotten of God gets the victory over the world, and this is the victory which has gotten the victory over the world, our faith. The message says it this way, every God-begotten person conquers the world's ways. The power that brings the world to its knees is our faith. You want a promotion to get bowed before you? Go get the victory. You want a right relationship to be right? Go get the victory. Some of you want to relate. I mean, I got some singles up in here, man. I got some young adults. We're going to be doing some things on Friday. Friday night, guys, we're doing some stuff, okay? We're going to go do the little laser tag. I'm going to pull my, my military stuff out. <laughs> we'll come camoed up. All right. I'm going to lower the boom. I'm going to get the victory. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. 
So don't think just because you may hit me with a laser and it goes, wee, 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 you know, you're dead. No, that's a flesh wound. I will shoot you. <laughs> if I'm not bleeding out on the ground, I'm coming after you. I'll take my shoestrings off. You understand what I'm saying? I'm going to bring you down. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you go get the victory, right? Okay. So you understand, listen, we, if, listen, some, you are, you think, I can't never find somebody. Listen, you need to go get the victory in your own life over your own flesh. And when you get the victory over your own flesh in your own life, then God's going to say, here's your guy. Here's your girl. Problem is you trying to go get somebody while you all jacked up and you don't get victory in your own personal life. Which means then you're going to bring your loser self into the relationship with the next loser. Now we preach it. Okay, so you don't want to get a loser because losers attract losers. Why? Because, man, this is a tough game. You know? I mean, who does the Cleveland Browns hang out with? Right? I mean, we want the Cinderella story. I understand that they can come win a Super Bowl because it ain't happening. I mean, when? But you understand, and you know, why, why is it the world hates winners? See, this is why I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't hate winners at all. I love winners, even if I don't like the team, period. You know, I don't care if Nick Saban gets 100 because he's going for the win. I mean, how can I make be upset at the guy because he wants to win? And if he always knocks, then all that means is I, we were less, Period. Bottom line, because the winner wins. I said the winner wins. Well, you know, I'm just tired of seeing Alabama in there. Well, oh well, oh well, right? And But some of you get this attitude. I'm tired of seeing. Then it creeps into your own life that you get victory after victory and you start thinking, well, this can't last. It can't last. I mean, I got that victory, got that victory, got that victory. Oh, this is a big one. I don't know. Like, all of a sudden, the underdog called the devil. Do you understand? He's the underdog. Why do we love the underdog? I love the underdog, the one that they say can't win. Do you understand? Listen, guys. <laughs> David was the champion the minute he stepped out on the field with Goliath. We preach this thing like David's the underdog. Oh, look, it's David and Goliath, the big champion here and. David was the biggest champion ever. He done had victory. And he, what, didn't he give his victory list to King Saul? I have killed the lion and the bear. Lion came up to grab the sheep. I snatched it out of his mouth with my bare hands and smote that bro. <laughs> then the bear came with his big claws. Yeah, he swung at me. He swung twice, but I busted him and killed him. This thing right here? Why don't we have this kind of faith? I said, why don't we have this kind of faith? When, when David hears this, the Philistine talking, he said, oh, who is this uncircumcised Philistine to defy the armies of God? And they're like, you're just a shepherd boy. And we put this underdog label on David when David's the champion in the first place. You know who the underdog was? Goliath. Goliath was at a great deficit. He was already against the hands of God. He was the underdog, and the underdog don't win. David was the guy. He said, you want to hear my victory? Number one, I beat the lions and I beat the bears. I'm bad. You know why I'm bad? Because God's with me. Because there's an anointing on my life. And listen, I don't know why y'all scared. 
See, the problem is, is that you're viewing your victory based upon the size of your problem. You get the size of your problem, all of a sudden, whoo. When the reality is you're in Christ, every problem is just like, is that, is that a problem? What is this that's trying to stop the hand of God? All right, let me get to everyone. Let me help pull everybody in. You ready? We need to go there. We need to go there because that's where you've been this whole message. John chapter 16, verse 33. These things I have spoken to you. Now, I'm reading out of the New American Standard Bible, and it happens to be the red letter edition. They don't show it in red, but if it's in red, who is talking? Okay. These things. See, this is what gets me. Why do we want Jesus not to win? Why do we want Jesus to fail? We don't want to. We're in Christ. As he was, so are we. What problem did Jesus face that he couldn't conquer? And now we're in Christ. Why do we want him to lose? So bad. Why is it that the, even in the church community, when someone gets bold in faith, number one, they think they're arrogant and cocky. Number two, they think they lack humility. I tell you what lacks humility is this false humility of pride that, oh, I'm nothing. I can't do. Jesus like, you're a champion, bro. I don't understand what's the problem with you. Get out there and get this thing. Lord, do something. Get out there and get the thing. Do it, Lord. Get out there and get the thing. I gave you the word. Get out there and get the thing. Go on my word. Jesus was like, Peter, come. Peter said, bid me to come. Come on that word. He stepped out on the water and walked on that thing. Then all of a sudden, the storms came. And what did he do? Instead of focusing on Jesus, he focused on the waves. All of a sudden, the waves became bigger than what he was doing, which was supernatural. Wait, hey, here, Peter, let me help you. That's, man, that's a good effort, bro. I applaud you. I'm going to give you a participation trophy. Because you got out the boat. I'm going to give everyone else a participation trophy too because you're in the boat. Because I love you. No. No, he pulls him up and he says, puts him in the boat. He says, why are you a little faith? We read this. Jesus corrected Peter. And that seems like, seriously, you let a wave stop you? You let that stop you? Did the wave stop Jesus? I said, did the wave stop Jesus? Jesus was walking on it long before they saw him in the boat. Then when they see him, they think he's a ghost. Say, hey, no, nah, it's just me, guys. It's all right. It's Jesus. Well, Jesus bit me out. Okay, come on out here, Peter. Come on. Oh, man, you're doing good. You're looking good, man. You're doing good. And all of a sudden, the winds and waves, and Jesus is like looking at Peter, waiting for him to come. So you're like, come on, bro. Now we go back to the boat. Or, I, you know, I don't even know if Jesus would have went to the boat. I honestly, personally think that if Peter would have came with Jesus and said, well, come on with me, we'll walk on to the shore. They can row. And Peter could have been like, this is awesome. I don't have to row. I got to walk in. Everybody else would been like, I wish I'd asked Jesus. <laughs> come on now. I wish I'd asked Jesus. You out here, ah, ah. And the Lord's like, get out. Come with me. We'll walk. You don't even have to row anymore. You don't have to row anymore. And Peter, you and I'll be on the other side and we'll be cooking the fish while they row up on it. 
There's no indication Jesus was ever going back to the boat. The only reason he started heading towards the boat because he had to go to go to Peter because Peter couldn't get to him. But when he got to Peter, was Jesus like, whoa, what did happen, Peter? This is crazy. I mean, I was walking. It was fine. Oh, good thing we got to the boat. Was Jesus overcome by the waves? Well, you're just a human being, Peter. Seriously, you're just a guy. What was Jesus? A guy anointed of God. The Son of God emptied himself of his glory and operated as a man anointed of God in the earth. The same skin walked the water and never went in. Never went in. I said never went in. Yet we seem to like, look at them, just walking on that water. I think they just all that. I hope, oh, here comes a storm. Oh, we'll see how they are now. Why do we do this? Don't look at a wave. Don't look at a wave. Don't look at a wave, man. Stay in Jesus. Why don't we champion each other? Why don't we like, you got this. Don't look at a cancer. Don't look at a relationship. Don't look at a problem. You got this. You got this. You got this. You're a champion. You're a child of God. You're an overcomer. We're champions, man. I'm not a loser. God made me this way. God made me a champion. Made me a champion. Whoo. John 16, 33, y'all with me? It says, these things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have, say, I have peace. Now, notice he's saying this. These things I've spoken to you because in me you have peace. In the world you have tribulation. So in me, you have peace in a world that you have tribulation. In me, you have peace in a world that you have tribulation. But take what? Courage. I have overcome the world. What's he saying? I rescued you and transferred you and destroyed and overcame and gave you victory. And your faith gets that victory. My word can't fail. Because the word, when he walked on the planet, did not fail. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The word became. And he never lost. Ever. Now, <clears throat> the Amplified says it this way. I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace. That's not mature peace. That's perfect. Perfection of peace. And confidence. In the world, you have tribulations and trials and distresses and frustration. But be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident. Certain. Undaunted. What kind of attitude is that? When something comes against you, a, a tribulation comes against you. No, nah, no, no, I'm confident that what God said he's able to do. Yeah, but what if? I'm undaunted. There ain't no what if. There's no plan B. It's his word. And his word's forever settled, and it will come to pass. What he said about me is going to happen. And you understand, he is going to perform that work. It's not me. It's just me believing what he's going to do. And I'm not going to fail on him because he sure ain't failed on me. He put this in me. For I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of its power to harm you and have conquered it for you. Wow. Say, I'm a victor. I have the victory. I get the victory. 
This is not just when you go to heaven. This is now. Now, let me tell you what tribulation is. This is going to change your whole perspective when you actually understand what the word tribulation means. The word tribulation means a pressure. A pressure. It means pressing. So when he says, in this world you'll have tribulation, that means pressure will come. It's just pressure. It's not actually going to happen. It's just pressure to convince you it could happen if you allow it. It's trying to pressure you to abandon your faith. That's all it is. So when a trial comes, when a tribulation comes, you're like, okay, this pressure. We had pressure starting last year. We've had pressure. I mean, I've had pressure in more than one, on more than one scale, okay, in multiple things. But I'll use this one testimony. Every year, Treasure Harbor Preschool has to have a fire inspection because we are monitored by the state. We chose to do it that way because we want to be a blessing to our community. We want anybody to come in and think we're doing it our way. The state can totally, but they just don't tell us we can't talk about Jesus. The day they do, that's the day we're done with the state. But with that being said, <clears throat> Every year we have to do it, and it's due. You have to have it finaled by December 30th, first, December 31st. So we are getting better at every year starting earlier because no matter what I do, they always find something wrong, period. I mean, I, I, told, I, told, I said, Danny, the inspection will not pass the first time. That doesn't mean we failed. That just means something they found, and we all need to correct that. But we will get the inspection. So we came in, it kept getting closer and closer and closer to December. The first time this happened, they said, we said, we're going to need to get an extension. This was happened last year, not 2017, but 2016. And they said, they don't really give extensions. Well, guess who they gave extension to? Because we get the victory. Well, we had, we had 30 days extension, no final fire inspection. We call and say, can we get another? They never. Did you hear that word? They never give a second extension. Guess who got a second extension? Because we get the victory. Why? Because to not get it means they shut down the school. You can't shut down the school because God started it. Only God can close it. What God opens, no man can shut. And what God shuts, no man can open. So man can't shut this thing. Something's going to give. Doesn't matter if there's pressure. One way or the other, you're going to give an extension or we're going to pass and get it done because we are not going to succumb to the pressure. We will get the victory. And we got it. Then we passed after that second one and we're on. Guess what? This year we got closer and they just didn't even, they didn't do 30. They gave us till June. Who needs a second? We have till June, right? June. So we're clicking right along, you know. Had another little challenge happen back where my offices were. We didn't, hadn't called in our final on our building stuff, you know. And so miscommunication on that. So now we're trying to get that done. And then there's a fire just for there, not for the building. There's two different people. It's government. Anyway, so now we wrote in these little red lines with the building department of this new little thing we were going to do, so we had to resubmit plans. But when fire saw it, they said, you're going to have to resubmit plans. 
Great. So we go down to the guy. The guy resubmits the plans. We turn them in. Everything's labeled like before that we got the permit for. Guess what? They didn't like a word called storage. Storage means I got to build another wall. I'm not building another wall. So we're like, what's the word we need? I can't tell you that. Why can't you tell me that? Because we'll change it right now. Get a little wide out. We can do this right here. I mean, this is simple stuff. I'll leave the room like that and pull another permit to change the room if necessary. Let's just get it done. Pressure. Because every day they wouldn't work is another day we're closer to now March 1st. And what's the problem with March 1st? Because now we have a private school. And the private school has to have a fire inspection as well. What's today? Of what? Okay. So I had to go to Winter Bible. I left the assignment with my general contractor. While I'm in at Winter Bible, I get an email from my principal, the principal from Washington. And she says, no extensions, none. And if we do not get it, get it completed and postmarked by March 1st, we will lose the scholarships. This is tens of thousands of dollars. Does that feel like pressure to you? That means my principal and my teachers and my aides don't get paid. That means kids go home and they're homeschooled now. They're shutting it down. But what God has opened, no man can. Hallelujah. So I come in Friday straight out of Tulsa to come here to do our Anchor Faith Church in Espanol. And Stephen was working in the cafe. I said, so what's the, what's the latest, greatest? And he says, listen, nothing. This is where we're at. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> nice. You know, Monday's the 26th. Thursday's the first. And there's two fire people that are supposed to show up. I said, listen, I'll make a call. It's going to be all right. No problem. There's pressure. But what do I know on the inside? So I began to ask the Lord. I said, now, what's going to happen, God? Are we going to get the exemption they say does not happen? The extension? Or are we going to be done before March 1st? And in my spirit, he said, you're going to get it done. So I made a call on Monday, left a message. They did not call me Monday. Now we're at Tuesday, the 27th. Are y'all with me? Two days. There's pressure, right? I've entered into a tribulation. Was there peace in the house? Stephen, was there peace in the house? Miss Kimberly, is she in the house tonight? Okay, there's peace. Miss Amita, was there peace in the house? Peace in the house. I said, it's all right. We got this. Tuesday, I get a call from the one I called. What's going on? This is what's going on. Laid it all out. I'll give you a call back. Three hours later, <laughs> I get another call. And they got me in a little on speakerphone talking to all the people. I'm laying it all out. They said, now, Pastor Earl, the problem, one of the problems that we're having right now is that you had this open permit for 11 months, you know, and we don't want it to go another 11 months. I said, listen, I was unaware it was just a lack of communication on our part. I said, but the minute Dan made it available to us that we had not done it, we started making that thing happen. We will finish this deal, period. This thing, we're on it right now. And we've been doing this. And I said, listen, it ain't like we wait until the last minute. We called y'all in October to start this process anyway. We'll give you a call back. I got the next call. About 4.30 on Tuesday, the 27th. No change yet. 
Pastor Earl, this is what we can do. We're going to get it done for you. Okay. I need you to do these two things. We're still going to get it done, but I need, I said, I'll get it. We'll get it done. We'll stay on it. We'll make it happen. Every day, we'll call these individuals and get this thing done, and we'll keep you updated. Then that inspector showed up after 5 o'clock, after 5 o'clock, and came and inspected. And then this morning, I don't remember what time it was, maybe 9, 10 o'clock, the paperwork came through, and I got the text, we've got it. So not only is the preschool now done for another year, and Washington's now done for another year. We were in faith because we get the victory. We get it. I didn't let the pressure. Why? Because there's this place called perfect. Perfect peace. This is what we've got to understand. God is doing. So the last scripture tonight is this. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 57 to 58 says it this way. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toll is not in vain in the Lord. Know this, that God has given us the victory. We have it in Christ. He's rescued us. He has transferred us. He has destroyed those things that once bound. He has delivered us. He has caused us to overcome. He's caused us to have victory and to get the victory. We are perpetual winners. All you do when you look in the mirror is you are looking at someone that if you will be in faith, you cannot lose can't happen can't happen flu can't beat you cancer can't beat you sickness and disease can't beat you depression can't beat you can't win it cannot win to those who know who they are in Christ know that Christ has given us the victory that we are winners and so we are what steadfast that means we're firm when pressure comes when you've done all to stand, there's no reason in crying there. <laughs> get the word. Lord, you got a word for me. Go get the victory. Something ain't moving. Go get the victory. Go get in that word. Go find that word of faith. Don't cry and, and go seek. Now, I don't mind if you shed tears in your process. I'm not saying that you're not going to feel it. And you're like, Lord, this pressure's there. And you can release your emotions there. But release them with the intent of finding the victory, not laying in a pool of snot and tears and expect God to come down and pick you up. He's giving you his word. He wants you to believe. He expects you to believe. He expects you to seek. He expects you to knock. He expects you to go after this thing to ask. Because he'll give you that victory. This is what you do in this situation. This is how it'll work. Now, this is what you do. Now, stand. And man, when they come against you, it doesn't matter. You just stand. Stand. I'm standing in perfect peace with this ownership. I stood in perfect peace with the county back on 312. I've, stand, I've stood in perfect peace when my, my niece, uh, they said they were going to take her womb out. 
had a niece married to my nephew, gave birth one day. And all of a sudden her uterus had ripped on the inside and she was bleeding. Now she had an epidural. So she couldn't feel it, but by the Holy Ghost, she sensed something was going out of her, like an issue of blood. And when they look, they go, that's too much blood. Next thing you know, everybody's happy because the baby's here, family's around, but they snatch her out of the room. And they come in and give this report. Her uterus is torn from the wall. If we can't find this thing and repair it, we're going to have to give her a hysterectomy. First child ever in her 20s. I get a call from my nephew. Okay. And so, not me, but the Holy Ghost upon me. I went to that hospital. I walked in the room, and man, there were tears. There was, they were, man, they were in the emotions of the moment. Now, they believe there's a God, but I'm telling you, they weren't in faith with it. They were more, your will be done moment. Well, we know God's will. So I said, let's pray. I went in just like this, man. I said, let's pray. Got him in a circle. And I said, Father, in the name of Jesus, I command healing. I command the blood to stop in the name of Jesus. They will not take her uh, womb from her body. She will not have a hysterectomy. They will find the problem. They will fix that problem. And she will have many children as much as she wants to have. It will be this way. Devil, you are a liar. You will not take this from them in the name of Jesus. Then I took the husband, my nephew, brought him out. And I said, this is as real as it's ever going to get. There's not a moment to doubt. This ain't no I hope junk. This is, it is this way as we just said. And you don't waver one moment because one wavering. We're going to get the victory. 20 minutes later, they came and said, everything's all right. They found it. No problem. She's going to be fine. Everything I spoke in prayer, my niece, my nephew's sister, at a, at a lunch later the next day said, Uncle, everything you said in the hospital, the nurse came back 20 minutes later and said the exact same thing. Because we have to go get that thing. Was that pressure? Number one, she could have bled out and died. They put... I'm almost positive they put six, maybe eight pints of blood in her. And I know it's six. It could have been eight because I knew it was more than five. That's how much she lost. But today she's healthy. I said today she's healthy because our God. I said our God. I said our God. I said, our God, you better have that kind of tenacity. I mean, Reverend Randy can tell you when his wife went down, Miss Melanie, and she had that uh, uh, aneurysm happen. Man, shut it all out. Began to pray in the Holy Ghost, began to speak. And at that moment, God clotted. When that, that aneurysm in her brain popped, clotted it right then, because right then, she's gone. I'm, she's gone. People die from that stuff. Blood on the brain, you gone. And he, boom, commanded it to stop. He didn't know what it was, but he commanded it. Whatever it is, stop in the name of Jesus. Then pray in the Holy Ghost. Then you know what he did? He didn't go get a prayer chain. He didn't call every Tom, Dick, and Harry and try to say, please pray for my wife. I don't know what he did is he called specific people. And I was one of those people. 
I need you to, I say, I stand. Well, get this victory. And man, he got her to a place that should have never got her on a helicopter. I mean, should have never happened. My gosh, God, just boom, boom, boom. Why? We went in there and reached our hands into the jaws of death and snatched life out. Get that victory, man. Go get that thing. How many years now? 12 years. Because this happened on my birthday. God forbid you die on my birthday. We go get that thing. But the enemy wasn't, uh, wasn't done. Started working on Randy. Started working on him. And you know, most of you know the testimony. Had cancer stuff, man. Nothing's happening. And finally, I got up and I said, listen, we're going to find out what's going on. Because you know too much word for us not to have a result. Period. You're going to go to that hospital. They're going to cut what they need to cut. We're going to get up in here and find out what's going on. And there was a time that I showed up and it's like, he's not even there. I said, man. And his wife, led by the Holy Ghost, went to fill a prescription at the pharmacy in the hospital and says, does he have to take this much? They said, oh, no, probably not. Do you know why he was taking that much? Because they expected him to die that month of December. And so they were medicating him to get him over. But the minute they cut in half, his mind came back. And he had his confession of faith come back. And you know what? There was no TV watching gun smoke. We don't have time for gun smoke. We don't have time for football, NASCAR. When you are standing so you got to go get something. And so we have healing scriptures going. We have people in there praying, praying in the Holy Ghost. You got to go grab and get something. Go get it. But I have been with people that we start going after them and all of a sudden they get a glimpse of glory. Now, when they get a glimpse of glory, that's hard to pull them back here because they see that victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? When they get a glimpse of that, it becomes very difficult to try to pull them back. They have to be in that moment when they see the other side, they have to decide, like Paul, I'm betwixt between two places, whether to go on and be with the Lord, which is far better because I've seen it, or to remain here and finish my purpose. And I'm telling you, if that purpose ain't pulling, my gosh, they gone and you ain't going because that victory will grab them. And you have to know it. And they, these same couple, and one was in a room, and we were fighting a good fight of faith with someone in our church. And I knew in my spirit, she has seen the other side. I'm telling you, but she loved Anchor Faith Church. And she would not go without permission. So her daughter says, Pastor, I'm okay. Well, you talk to her. I was on the phone. I wasn't even there in the room. Pastor Angie had the phone. I said, put me to her ear. Because whenever I walked in, she heard me. And they put her. You can talk to these two right here. Stand up, Randy and Melanie. You can talk to them right here. Put it to their ear, her ear. I said, hey. Because I'm listening to the Lord. Because if, if God would have said, tell her to get in that body and, and let's get this thing on, I'd have, I'd have, I'd have called her. I'd have, I'd have called her by the name like Jesus. Lazarus, come forth. I'd have said it. 
But I knew. I said, I said her name. I said, it's going to be all right. I said, I can do it. It'll go on. You can go. We'll finish it here. Ten seconds. They said, all of a sudden, this piece hit the room, and all, all the little machines just started to... So, Pastor Ain't said it was the most peaceful thing I've ever experienced in my life. Within ten seconds, it's like she just out of body with the Lord. Out of body with the Lord. I'm telling you, though, you got to have a tenacity. I will not settle to lose. He says, but thanks to be to God who gives us the victory. Give means to grant, supply, furnish necessary things, to give to one asking, to give what is due, to give to your advantage. I'm telling you, you're champions. I don't look at losers. I look at winners. Because greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world.